Hello, and welcome to this week's Inside OSU podcast. I'm Dr. Kenneth Sewell, Vice President for Research at Oklahoma State University. It seems like when it comes to rainfall in Oklahoma, it's either feast or famine. In the battle between flood and drought, monitoring soil moisture is critical, especially for farmers with their crops and firefighters fighting wildfires. My guest today is Dr. Tyson Ochsner from the Oklahoma State University Department of Plant and Soil Sciences. Dr. Ochsner is working on new methods of measuring soil moisture, including the use of cosmic rays. Now, one quick note. Today's interview was recorded at one of our OSU Research on Tap events. Research on Tap is held the third Monday every month at Stillwater's Iron Monk Brewery, and this gives the public an opportunity to hear about some of the groundbreaking research being performed at OSU. If you happen to hear a bit of background noise, it's just our audience grabbing some snacks and drinks. With that, here's my interview with Dr. Tyson Oxner on this week's Inside OSU podcast. I, I understand you're a soil physicist. Yeah, that's a right. A soil that's right. physicist. Yeah. So I, before you tell us what a soil physicist is, <laughs> or maybe that's what this whole yeah. talk's going to be about, yeah. but how did a kid from Chattanooga, Oklahoma wind up as a soil physicist. So how'd you get yeah. into this at all? Uh, you know, it's a great question. It's, it's one I ask myself almost uh, once a month or so. How did, how did I get into this? Um, honestly, I think for me, it goes way back. So I grew up on a uh, family farm down there in uh, southwest Oklahoma. Uh, my dad's still farming down there. My grandfather, great-grandfather, uh, going back to 1909. And so it's a dry part of the world. Tillman County is uh, one of the most drought-affected uh, counties in the entire U.S. Rain was really important to us. When we saw the rains coming, we all paid attention. We, it's flat down there, so you watch them come, and maybe they miss you or go to the north or yeah. south, or maybe you get the rain. And so we just paid attention to that water because we knew it was so important to our uh, life as a family. And uh, so I got, I got that fascination with water early on, even as long as I can remember, elementary school. As I got a little bit older into high school, that's when I started to pay more attention to soil. I got interested in, I got, started doing land judging contests land through judges. FFA. Yeah, yeah. I got into giving speeches about natural resource conservation and things like that. And so I started to take that interest in, in soils. I came here to OSU. I started off in uh, biosystems and ag engineering. and. Enjoyed it there, enjoyed the people, but it wasn't quite a fit for me. I ended up switching to environmental sciences, which was my undergraduate major, and uh, finished grad school here. Got married, married my lovely wife, Stephanie, right over here. Everybody give it up for Stephanie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, went to graduate school. Finished your undergrad here. Yeah, then. finished my undergrad yeah. here and said, okay, I gotta go to grad school. Looked at Cornell, North Carolina State, Iowa State and uh, really just gelled and connected with one of the professors there at Iowa State. And I said, this is the guy. This is the guy I want to learn from, that I want to study under. And he was a soil physicist. And so that's, so that's how I became one. So now you're back here on faculty at your alma mater. Thank you for coming back. Cowboys, Happy to be here, yeah. How would you characterize the major thrusts of your research program? Yeah, I think we can broadly think of it as kind of two parallel tracks. So. We spend a lot of our time and effort developing uh, new and better ways to monitor how much water is stored in the soil. Stored. Stored. So soil moisture. Okay. How much moisture is in the soil and uh, how that varies in space and time. And then we also spend a lot of time and effort developing 
uh, new uses, new ways to use this soil moisture information that we're measuring. So this first thrust then, where you looking at ways to measure and monitor the moisture in the soil. Yeah. New ways. I mean, I, I you know, yeah. they taught us to pick <laughs> right, it up grab and feel it. it, feel it. it. Yeah, yeah, look but, at it. So uh -huh. describe some of these new ways to measure yeah, yeah. To measure soil okay, well, so I'll just name off a few. So uh, we've been doing research about using distributed temperature sensing to measure soil moisture. That involves lasers and fiber optics. We've been doing research about using uh, GPS signals. So the same GPS signal like you've got in your phone or whatever, the, we can, there's a way to use that signal to monitor how much moisture is in the soil. So not some other device that you're monitoring where it is. No, using the, the actual, actual GPS signal itself, yeah. Wow, yeah. okay. So, so there's that we've been looking at. Uh, we look at a, a wide variety of different uh, types of sensors that you can bury in the soil. And then more recently, we, we've been uh, paying a lot of attention to using cosmic rays as a way to monitor soil moisture. Uh, okay, so this is where this cosmic ray thing yeah, comes in. Yeah, that's where so the let's, cosmic rays So let's, yeah. let's yeah. Uh, I don't even, I'm not sure that I even know what a cosmic ray is. Okay, so yeah, yeah. Help okay. us understand this and how in the world you use cosmic rays to measure soil. All right, here's the physics part. All right, yeah. physics, uh-oh. Okay, so, so. Uh, Everybody get a drink, because he's yeah, gonna talk okay. about physics. So, the, so cosmic rays are, um, high energy particles, subatomic particles that are coming in to Earth from the galaxy all around us. They're coming in all the time. They're very, very high energy. They're mostly protons. It was one of the great science mysteries of the 20th centuries to figure out what cosmic rays actually were. Now we know that they're mostly high energy protons come in and they collide with some of the molecules in the atmosphere. So when that proton smacks into a molecule, it, may, it might hit the nucleus of an atom, and if it happens to do that, it might knock a, no, a neutron out of that nucleus. Okay. So now we've got this high-energy neutron that's flying around, and it may smack another molecule, it may knock out another neutron, and so we end up with like this waterfall or this cascade of fast neutrons coming down to the land surface. Okay, so the, the, the protons are the cosmic rays. Yep. The neutrons yep. are, the, are getting knocked generated. out yep. by these cosmic rays hitting us. And somehow you pull out your cell phone and that <laughs> tells you how much moisture is in the soil? Yeah, we don't do that with okay. our cell phones. So, right. so, then, uh, so here's the idea. So you got the neutrons, they travel a really high rate of speed. Okay, they've got, you took physics, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, all right, so, so they've got an atomic mass unit of one. That's what they weigh is one atomic right. mass unit. They're flying around, and the only thing that's really good at slowing those down is the uh, nucleus of a hydrogen atom oh, has the okay. same mass, also atomic mass unit of one. So when they hit each other, a lot of the energy is going to be transferred to the hydrogen, and that neutron is going to get slowed down. So the more hydrogen we have, the fewer of these fast neutrons we're going to have running around. And where do we find hydrogen? So if we're, if we're not yeah. by the ocean or a lake, if we're yeah. walking across the land, the hydrogen primarily is in the water that's held in the soil. So the more water we have there, the fewer of these fast neutrons we're going to detect above ground. So you can, you can measure the speed of neutrons. That's something you know how to do. Yeah, you measure the energy level. The energy, the energy level, level, which is... Yeah. Yeah, how fast they're moving to the speed. around. Yeah, yeah. And so the, the the more of those there are, yeah. 
So the more, more of those fast neutrons, fast neutrons that we have, the drier the soil is. The drier the soil. And the cool thing about this technology is you don't have to put anything in the ground. So you've got this neutron detector like this that's above ground, and you can sit there and it can monitor the soil moisture in a large area around it. Or if you get a big enough neutron detector, you put it in your pickup truck. I brought my trace right outside, so if you put it in that pickup truck and drive it around and you can monitor the soil moisture while you're driving. Okay. Nothing's touching the ground, except of course, hopefully the tires of your pickup. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it sounds really like a an amazingly cool way to me measure water mo you know, moisture in the in the ground, but in a way that you didn't have 15 years ago. No, this is new. This is totally new. Yeah. So this is what this is on the basic science side. What this is doing, it's given us a way to see something that's always been around us, and we we could never see it before. You know, just because something's invisible doesn't mean it's not real. Yeah. Right? You cannot see, generally, the water that's held in the soil and how it varies from place to place and how it varies from one time to the next. We're just surrounded by that ebb and flow, and it's invisible to us. But now with these kind of technologies, we're starting to be able to see these patterns that we've never been able to see before. So the nerd in me just thinks it's cool because you can do something you didn't used to be able to do. Exactly. But now that you can do something you didn't used to be able to do, sounds like there might be some useful, this, that other, that other yeah, part of so what that, that some things you can do side. with this information. Yeah. Right. So if we improve our measurement technologies, then what can we do with this information? How can we actually put it to use? And so in our group, we have uh, you know, been exploring uses like sort of the obvious one, using uh, soil moisture information for agricultural drought monitoring. Uh, we've explored using it for wildfire uh, danger prediction. So uh, before you came to OSU in 2012, we had severe wildfires yep. all through Payne County. And so we've been studying how that's related to soil moisture. The been, soil moisture is gonna be related to the, the, the amount of immediate fuel capacity of the The, 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 the uh, moisture content yep. of the vegetation, yep. which relates to its ability to burn. And so then we've also been uh, you know, looking at uh, stream flow forecasting, so be able to use so much information to forecast future stream flows. So those are some of the kind of applications. So stream flow at. forecasting would help you anticipate even what a weather event might do to flooding. Yeah, so so that would be kind of in the context of managing our reservoirs. Oh, okay. So right, so we're thinking about okay, do if it's on the flood side, you know, do we if if we anticipate really high stream flows, do we need to be releasing more water in advance? Uh, so that we have more storage capacity. Or on the flip side, if we're going into drought, according to the forecast, maybe we need to start to ration that water a little bit sooner. Holding that water yeah. back into the reservoirs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had a lot of rain this past year. It's caused, yeah. it's caused some flooding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course, we've also had droughts. You mentioned your, yeah. uh, your county where you're from. I mean, you talked about the reservoirs. How does that turn into useful information beyond the guy or yeah. gal operating the, uh, the reservoir gates. We're working on it. Okay. And so let me tell you where we're at right now, and then maybe we can say a little bit about how we're gonna get there okay. uh, to deliver that useful information. So what, what uh, in this, uh, the work I'm speaking about now is actually uh, by one of my current PhD students, Brianna, who's right over here. Let's give it up Hi, for Brianna. Brianna. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So uh, shout out to Brianna. So uh, what she has shown in her research is that she can get 
the soil moisture information for April 1st and use that to effectively forecast how much stream flow is going to occur between April 1st and the end of July. So in the next four months, we're able, using soil moisture information, to make pretty good stream flow forecasts. We've, and she's shown that for Arizona, two places in Oklahoma, and then also in Georgia. So across a pretty wide climate gradient. And this is something that's never been uh, demonstrated before. So we're excited about that ability. So for example, it's been a wet year, right? Yep. Uh, we've had a lot of stream flow. There's the uh, Fort Cobb watershed. So down, it's kind of down here in southwest Oklahoma is a Fort Cobb watershed. She made a forecast on April 1st, how much could we expect? And based on her forecast, it was saying a near record level of stream flow for that watershed, about four inches of stream flow, which is, which is really high for that watershed. Well, months passed by, we got through the end of July, she checked the forecast and it was within about 1%. Wow. of the observed okay. value. Now, I think maybe we just got lucky there, but, <laughs> but it does look promising. So We've got weather monitoring equipment stationed all around the state, yeah. certainly around the country, but we know in Oklahoma yeah. we've got really good monitoring equipment stationed yeah. all around. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to see a time when we have uh, neutron detectors stationed around in a, in a manner? And, and what, what would that look like? If we it's, really get a fix on, if we wind up using this technology yeah. to get a fix on our, our soil moisture. It's, it's possible. So, so we have a good soil moisture monitoring network now through the Oklahoma Mesonet. We're going to be meeting with them tomorrow, talking about some of these issues. And, okay. and they are continually seeking ways to make that better. So I, I was kind of referring to the Mesonet, yeah. but I realize we probably, for people who may not know exactly what the Mesonet is, describe yeah. that so, just a little okay, bit. So the, yeah. the, Oklahoma Mesonet is our network. It's got 120 monitoring stations across the state, at least one station in every county. They're measuring the atmosphere and they're measuring the soil. Whether you know it or not, you've probably seen one of these things. Yeah, right. It's, they're it's just a they're little, around, yeah. Little yeah. monitoring station. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. And so the so again, the kind of the thrust of our research is how do we take that awesome observation network and put it into that information into a way that people can use it. So we had, we had a drought in uh, 2010, 11, 12, well, through 14, in, uh, and there was an irrigation district in southwest Oklahoma in uh, Jackson County, and their lake went dry, and they had over $200 million in crop insurance payments in that one county alone from that one, drown, one, from that one drought event. So the goal here is to be able to not, you know, to give them earlier warning, to say in the spring, say, hey, look, it looks like you're not going to have the normal amount of water you're used to managing, and you better start to put some conservation plans in place. And so, so we're not to that point yet where we mm -hmm. can give that kind of management guidance, but that's the, the direction we want to go with this kind of research. And it's, it's not just here. we got colleagues here from China. And they are also working on expanding their soil moisture monitoring in China to address the major groundwater issues they're facing over there. So this is a global kind of issue that a lot of nations are trying to address. And we're kind of an interesting laboratory being a state where we have, in any given year we'll have parts of the state that 
more water than you know what to do with and other parts that are in drought and we have some of these major events that yeah because we're awesome laboratory for our climate our soils our land uses and because of these great monitoring networks that have been put in place uh, by people uh, long before yeah. me uh, and maintained by others than me and they've created a great opportunity for this kind of research okay fantastic i want to ask the, a big picture question so why this kind of research? I mean, you talked about where you came from and how you got interested in water, but but, yeah. but I, I know some of the other things you get involved in, yeah. in beyond this. So I'm, yeah. I'm really wanting to know what's driving you here. Yeah, well, so when it comes down to motivation, if I can just be transparent about it, I, I think for me, a lot of this kind of goes back to just my desire to uh, want to follow Jesus and his sort of teaching to kind of live a life that's based on love. And I try to reconcile that like, okay, OSU wants me to do research and I, how does that go together? And so I think more and more for me is trying to move uh, and guide our research in a direction that's really about how can we use what we learn about soil and water to enrich people's lives and perhaps to save people's lives if we can go that direction with our research, I think I get excited about it. And not just our research, our teaching as well, but that's something that I can get excited about, that I can get passionate about. And it, I think it keeps us going uh, as we kind of endure some of the difficulties along yeah. the way. Many thanks to Dr. Oxner for sitting down and talking with me about his fascinating research. You can find out about future OSU research on TAP events by following us on Facebook or by going to research.okstate.edu. And you can view archived installments on OState TV. Just go to research in the About OSU section. And that's it for this week. I'm Dr. Kenneth Sewell. Join us next week for another Inside OSU podcast. <music>